Mother's Day and a big thank you to all the dads and the kids that helped make this video. You guys are awesome. And if any other kids are watching at home, if you're living with a mom or grandma, I just encourage you to give them a big hug today or give them a call and just let them know that you love them. And so everyone, right now, um, I'm going to do a prayer and a blessing for mothers of all kinds. So I invite everyone to bow their heads and please pray with me. So Heavenly Father, we give thanks to you for mothers everywhere. We give you thanks for their care, their concern, and their compassion. We ask that you strengthen all mothers as they figure out how to love and care for their children during these uncertain times. We lift up moms of little ones, teenagers, young adults, grandmas, adoptive moms, and single moms to you. We lift up to you those who have struggled in their roles as mothers, where the path has not been smooth. We pray for those whose mothers perhaps failed them in any way. Bring hope in the midst of their lives, whether as mothers or as children. For those whose relationships are strained with their mothers, Lord, we ask for reconciliation. We pray for Wanda Cooper-Jones and other mothers whose sons have been the victims of violent racism. Comfort them and be near to them, Jesus. Where there is pain, bring the healing of your grace and your mercy. For those unable to have their own children, fill your hearts with your amazing love. We thank you, God, for all of the mothers who have nurtured us and cared for us throughout our lives. Help us to honor them and love them today, and may they feel your great love and delight in them and our appreciation. Continue to pour out your love and your peace and your goodness on them. And we pray all of this in your kind and powerful name, Jesus. Amen. there's all this pressure, you know? And sometimes it feels like it's right up on me and I can just feel it, like literally feel it in my head and it's relentless and I don't know if it's gonna stop. I mean, that's the thing that scares me the most is that I don't know if it's ever gonna stop. Yeah. Well, you do have a nail in your head it is not about the nail. Are you sure? Because, I mean, I'll bet if we got that out of there... Stop would... trying to fix it. No, I'm not trying to fix it. I'm just pointing out that maybe the nail is causing... You always do this. You always try to fix things when what I really need is for you to just listen. No, see, I don't think that is what you need. I think what you need is to get the nail See, out. you're not even listening now. Okay, fine. I will listen. Fine. It's just... Sometimes it's like there's this achy... I don't know what it is. And I'm not sleeping very well at all. And all my sweaters are snagged. I mean, all of them. Yeah, I, that sounds really hard. It is. Thank you. Ow! Oh, come on. Ow. If you would just. Don't! Try to see things my way. Do I have to keep on talking till I can go on? 
All right. Well, uh, I don't know if you've ever had conversations like that in uh, your relationships where you have two different sides and they just view things differently, whether it's a husband and a wife or kids or... You know, you don't understand your mom or you don't understand your dad, but um, what we're going to be talking about this morning is things just like this. And uh, a couple things I want to say first, happy Mother's Day. We are so glad that you decided to join us this morning for Mother's Day. I hope that uh, while we're quarantined, it still remains special and you get to do all the things you get to do. Um, And then uh, uh, another thing is um, we're going to be talking about seeking first to understand. That, that we, uh, as we engage in our relationships, as we um, move forward in life, the people that we get around, to begin to understand them. And what I want to say real quick as a caveat is there's a broad spectrum of seeking to understand, okay? There are the things that are incredibly tragic and horrific, uh, like the killing of Amar Arbery. Um, and for us, uh, as we're, we're, our denomination is Free Methodist, and we come out of the anti-slavery movement, and so that justice um, issue has been—we've uh, been fighting that for uh, a couple hundred years, or 150 years—in um, our denomination, and uh, it's it's tragic. And then, so you move, like, maybe that's an extreme. Like I'll probably never understand that. And then you move into politics, right? And, you know, we have, in our country, we're just, we're divided, okay? And so those things are very important. So you've got, you've got racism, you've got politics, things that are incredibly important. So I'm not discussing those this morning when I talk about seeking to understand. What I'm going to be talking about is this kind of side of the spectrum. So if you, if you see, I just made a spectrum with my hands. There's this and there's this. I'm going to be talking about this. And that's our interpersonal relationship, job, family, all those things. So it's going to be hard to take, while the principles still apply, as you move down the line, it's going to be difficult to apply those principles because some things just don't make any sense at all and they really can't be understood, if that makes sense. So I'm going to be talking about our interpersonal relationships because if you're like me right now, you know, you're, you're with your family and those are the things you can change. Those are the relationships you can impact. You can learn everything about politics and that's super important. It's really important. Um, I personally am not interested in politics, but that doesn't mean they're not important. They are. But at the end of the day, no matter how much you learn and how much you, information you gather, you're not going to change anything. But in your home, at work, on Zoom meetings, the people that you meet and you have conversations with, those are the things that can change. And so that's what I want to talk about uh, this morning. How do we seek to understand? How do we um, seek to engage with people that are different than us, that think differently than us? How do we uh, relate to each other as a church, right? So like at Living Spring, um, we have people who have radically different political beliefs. They, they're, they're, they're different socioeconomically. They're different uh, in gender. How do we become a church uh, that Jesus would say is doing their job? A church where people of differing uh, positions can actually love one another, that can actually care for one another. 
And then how do we take that and bring it into our homes, into our jobs, into our neighborhoods so that we can truly love those people who think differently than I do? All right, so we're going to first spend a little bit of time in the book of Philippians. Philippians, um, it, it's really cool. Like if you're, if you're new to the Bible and you were to ask me, John, what, what book should I read? I would say read John first, James second, and Philippians third. Um, John first because it tells you about Jesus uh, and James tells you how to act like Jesus and then Philippians tells you how a church of Jesus followers should act and so that's that's the way I would go and so we're in the book of Philippians right now and it's basically the Apostle Paul writing uh, a letter to a church in Philippi and he says this I wish we could just take this out of the Bible do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit but with humility of mind regard one another as more important than yourselves do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit but with humility of mind regard one another as more important than yourselves this means that when I get up in the morning as a husband, I regard my wife as more important than myself. When I walk through the house, I regard my son as more important than myself. When I get to work, I'm in a position of power, right? So, so I, I regard the congregation as more important than myself. I regard those that we would call my employees as more important than myself. It, it, it's everyone. Do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit. It's if, you're, if you run a division in a company, you regard your employees as more important than yourself. This is the beginning of seeking to understand where people are coming from. Goes on. Do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but also for the interests of others. So, What's, what's encouraging a little bit is that he doesn't say become a doormat. You can look out for your own personal interests. That's fine. But at the same time, you're looking for, out for yourself, but then you're always asking yourself the question, how does this impact the people around me? So can I have a hobby? Yes. Is it taking too much time away from my family? Then you got to figure that out. If, if, I'm, if I'm making a decision, maybe my spouse or my significant other doesn't like a certain thing and I like a certain thing, then how, how, how are we going to work that out? I need to look out for my own personal interests and also for the interests of others. And then he boils it all down to why this is so important. He says, have this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus. In other words... In all of your relationships, be Jesus. In all of your relationships, be Jesus. Well, that is a very, very big task, uh, obviously. And so especially when you're in the heat of battle, okay? So, so uh, if, you're, if you're really on, on the side of one political party or another and you're talking to the other side, it is very, very difficult to, to have self-control and to think. It's just so funny to me when I talk to my different friends who are on different sides. They just can't understand why the other person believes what they believe. But here's what I've noticed. When they get together and they get to know each other, everything calms down. When they're just a label, 
a Republican, a Democrat, a this or that, a Raider fan. Well, that's, that's probably just kidding, Mark. Um, right? It, it, but when there's a face to it, when there's a heart to it, when you get to know somebody's story and you realize, oh, that was your childhood. I can now see it. I don't agree with you, but I can at least see why. So how do we go about doing this? Because this is one of the hardest things to do, but it's a command in the Bible. Paul gives this command. We're going to go back real quick. I want, because I want to go back and, oh, whoops, um, and read it one more, one more time. Do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind regard one another as more important than yourselves. Do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but also for the interests of others. Have this attitude in yourself, which was also in Christ Jesus. So then we're going to skip to James. James was the half-brother of John. Same mom, different dads. Blended family, I guess you could say. And... Um, James wrote this book, which we call James. It actually should have been called um, like practical living as a Christ follower or something, but we called it James because James wrote it. And uh, James has a whole bunch of different things to say uh, in, in there, and they're all kind of haphazard. That's why I think you should read James second if you're new to the Bible, is because it's just really, really practical. And so when we get to this idea of humility of mind, this is what James says. This you know, my brethren, but everyone must. Now, when you read something in the Bible that says everyone must, you cannot get out of it. I personally like reading things in the Bible that don't apply to me, that they apply to somebody else. Like, like you know, uh, don't get involved in sorcery, you know, and I'm like, oh, those sorcerers, they're they're evil, you know, or witchcraft. Oh, those witches. I'm glad I'm not a witch or a sorcerer. Um, just, I don't know why those things come to my mind, but, but like, I love, I love verses that apply to everyone else. Okay. But this says everyone, everyone. And it, then it says like, like, it's not even like a suggestion. It's everyone must. Like John, like, like this, like it doesn't matter, like Bill Gates. Like it doesn't matter what position of power you're in. Uh, president, governor, whatever. Everyone must. Now we have everyone must in our, you know, you can think of them. Um, everyone must say thank you, right? We have our own. Everyone must say thank you. Uh, everyone uh, must, um, you know, treat each other, you know, share. Right? Everyone must share. So we have those things and uh, those are good. And then we have everyone must not, right? Must not commit adultery, must not lie, must not steal, like all those things. We, we understand all those. But this one, this one is really tough. This one's really, really hard. Because again, I can say everyone must not murder. And I'm like, sweet, never murdered anybody. I'm off the hook. But I can't say I haven't done this. Everyone must. Oops. Get their PowerPoint correct. Everyone must do that. Be quick to hear. Everyone must be quick to hear. Everyone must come into every conversation in a posture of humility, of listening. 
Everyone must be quick to hear. And so what's incredibly important about this is it starts out with the reality of, of the importance of listening. The reason I showed that video was because, well, first of all, it was funny. And I, we'll post uh, both videos up on uh, our social media and our website uh, so you can see them clearly. Because I know on Facebook Live to watch a video of a video is not, not uh, the best. But as I enter into a conversation, and here's the issue we're going to have as we're quarantined, as we're doing all these things together. The people we listen to the least are the people we think we know the best. So my wife and I have been together for 37 years. Um, Taylor, the worship leader, said, oh, so then did you get together when you were five? Which I thought was great. Um, but... Uh, so we dated for six years and then we've been married for 31 years or coming up on 31 years. And so I think I know her. I, I, I did a study and I think I know when she begins to speak and opening her mouth, I believe I know 72% of what she's going to say already before she says, it. okay? And I don't know what it is. She'll have to tell you. And when I open my mouth, Lisa knows usually about four percent no I'm just kidding that's a terrible joke but um she's laughing right now though okay so so um so I think because I know her right and and how many times have I gotten in trouble many times where I thought I knew what she was going to say and so I preemptive struck what she was going to say and that wasn't what she was going to say why because I didn't follow the advice that James has everyone must and it goes vice versa for employee to employer to neighbors to uh, people that you are on tv or whatever think you know but the what the bible's telling us to do is be quick to hear here's what the bible says in proverbs this is so cool he who gives an answer before he hears we've all done this it is, a, it is folly and shame to him. We've, I'm sure we've all had this happen to us where we, we said something. This is, you know where it comes in the most for me is with uh, my, my, my kids when they were growing up. Because I assumed I knew what they were going to say, what they were going to do, or how they were going to react. And there's nothing more exasperating to one of your children is when you say something because you think they're going to say something and you're wrong. There's a verse in the Bible that literally says, do not exasperate your children. And that's part of the way we do that, where we think we know. It is folly and shame. We need to hear first before we give an answer. We need to hear first. And this word hear isn't just the sound waves coming into our ears and then we, we hear. It is listening. It's seeking first to understand, as Stephen Covey wrote in Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. It is folly and shame when we, when, we, when we don't take a posture of humility to listen. Truly listen. Now, here's what I, I want to tell you. You might talk to people and you're like, I don't care what they say. I'm never going to, I'm never going to, I'm never going to, they can't convince me. Okay. There are some things that I believe that I don't believe anyone can convince me of. So, um, for example, uh, if someone thinks they know 
when Jesus is returning, okay? I, I just, I want to just sh- sh- cover my ears because I, they're not going to convince me. But what if I took a posture of, I'm not going to listen to the information. I'm going to listen to them. I'm going to learn something about them, about their worldview, about how they um, view the Bible, of what their fears are, how they grew up. So now I take a posture of listening, but maybe I'm not trying to fight back or argue. I'm trying to understand them, not necessarily understand their point. That is just as important. This you may know, beloved brethren. Everyone must be quick to hear. And then uh, James has to keep harping on it. Because quick to hear isn't just the only thing that happens. If I, that's not communicating. If I just listen and you get done telling me everything and I go, hmm, right? That's no good. Then he says, slow to speak. That's even harder. And by the way, I did a Greek study on this. Uh, it's a fascinating w- word. Uh, for speak it, it, it literally means slow to reply on Facebook slow to tweet slow to post slow to react everyone must be quick to hear and slow to respond I have had many a posts matter of fact the only time I ever get in trouble on social media, the only time, is when I'm replying to somebody else. That's the only time where I'm like, oh man, I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have clicked that. Slow to click, slow to speak, slow to click, slow to respond. So um, I'm in this, uh, uh, we're all in Zoom calls now, and so we're all learning the etiquette of Zoom. And uh, I hope it I hope it translates when this is all over into normal conversation. But uh, in a Zoom call, you know, so I'm in a, I'm in a Zoom, uh, I, I'm taking Spanish at Cypress College. So uh, on my Zoom call, there's like 22 college students. Anyway, uh, and so the etiquette is everyone mutes their mic because there's always that one person who has their video on or whatever and there's brothers playing piano in the background and nobody can hear anybody speak and so you get the etiquette of muting your mic well the cool thing about muting your mic is when it comes time to give an answer you have to go through this process of getting your mouse up to the three dots scrolling down and saying unmute I have that hand gesture down now but uh, and so there's this process before you speak And I thought, can you imagine if during the quarantine, we just adopted this as part of our routine? That when somebody says something and you go to reply, you have to unmute yourself. And I I came up with an idea that when it's my turn to speak, I have to bend over, untie my shoe and tie it back on again. And then I get up and then I can speak. That's my unmuting. And everybody has to go through this process. And how many things do you think, if you're like, oh man, I've got to untie my shoe and tie it back again. Uh, forget it, I'm not even going to say anything. Ta-da! Slow to speak. This word slow literally means dull. It means you come with a process uh, or, or, or a posture of 
I don't think I have anything to offer. And it's, it's, like, it's like literally slow, like mentally slow. Like, well, that's above my pay grade. I don't know how you do it, but that's the kind of slow we're talking about. Some, you're quick to hear. Somebody says something. You, you take that information. What are they, are, they, are they trying to convince me? Are they trying to, are they, are they operating out of fear? Do they, um, did they misunderstand me? What's going on? And then as I formulate that, I go, hmm, let me think of how I would respond that way. Or better yet, let me think, let me take some time to unmute myself to think how would Jesus respond? Now again, we're talking about these. There are times when we're talking about the other side of the spectrum of seeking to understand where you absolutely need to say something harsh, okay? When there's an injustice, when as Taylor was singing, we talk about the poor and the least of these. When those people are being marginalized, it is time to stand up. It is time to, to get going. I'm talking more about interpersonal relationships. Slow to speak slow to speak so my daughter Audrey used to have a stutter okay and um, one of the one of the things that that was able to do is it was it, it was able to train my patience muscles when I'm talking to somebody that isn't getting their their point across and so she would say that 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 and I'm like dad yes but when somebody stutters the worst thing you can do is fill in the gaps for them you just patiently wait Okay, and so, and so she would, so I had to be very present and intentional while I was talking to her. And, and I couldn't speak. I had to be slow to speak, quick to listen, quick to hear, slow to speak. Here's what Proverbs says about this as well. When there are many words, transgression is unavoidable. I love how practical the Bible is. Where there are many words, Transgression is unavoidable. Slow to speak. Fewer words. More precise. Pick them like Jesus would pick them. But he who restrains his lips is wise. Right? You ever been in a meeting? The guy that won't be quiet. He's got to show everybody how much he knows. He's got to try to convince everybody his way is right. He's into... Um, uh, advocacy over um, uh, just gathering information and so they he has a point that he wants to get across he's got his department he wants to get promoted he wants to be promoted or whatever so he's got advocacy over inquiry of like how can we as a group make a better decision here's what Proverbs says too he who restrains his words has knowledge and he who has a cool spirit, I just like this because it's like cool spirit. I got a cool spirit. Is a man of understanding. Even fools are thought wise if they keep silent. And discerning if they hold their tongues. Another one. A fool, okay. A fool does not delight in understanding but only in revealing his own mind. Some of the smartest people I know just reveal their own mind. The Bible calls them fools. They do not delight in understanding, but only in revealing their own mind. So, back to James. This you know, my beloved brethren. Everyone must be quick to hear, slow to speak, 
and slow to anger. And slow to anger. Man, that's hard sometimes, isn't it? Especially when you feel disrespected. And this is what happens with the relationships that are closest to us. Because people think the people that you're closest to, you, you know the best, you listen to the least because you think you know you, what they're going to say. And so this is why it's very difficult not to get angry because what happens is the person who you think you know best, you put something in there that you think they're going to respond to or whatever and then they feel disrespected and they come out and then it just escalates. The Bible says, if, be quick to hear and slow to speak and slow to anger. This means taking that emotion of feeling disrespected and beginning to take the process of what did, what did they actually mean? Do I actually come across this way? Are they speaking truth into my life? Do I need to rethink this over? Do I need to be angry right now? Why am I feeling angry? Do I feel disrespected? Did they hit a nerve that's actually true? And I'm responding because I know it's true and I'm, and I'm, and I'm angry? Slow to anger. Now, again, social media, I'm totally for social media. I love it. But social media, the news, they're expecting you to become angry. That's why they do what they do. They want you to be angry. And to be honest, we kind of like being angry because it gives us a sense of, of self-righteousness and justice. And so we will consume things that we know make us angry, that we know we already believe those things. And so we're, it's just affirming what we believe. We want to be affirmed, not informed. And so the, the, these things get us angry. We have to ask ourselves, if I'm getting angry, why am I reading this? Why am I engaging in this? Why am I arguing with this person? Why am I getting defensive? Like, what is happening? And the, James says, be slow to anger. Does that mean you should never get angry? Absolutely not. Of course you can be angry. There's lots of things you can be angry about. Um, uh, and so I, I was online trying to buy uh, Raiders tickets for October and I saw the prices and I got angry. I, I, I really did. It was terrible. <laughs> so um, so slow, slow to anger. Why? Why? Why, why? why would you be slow to anger? What if, what if I really am disrespected? Shouldn't I be quick to defend myself? This next part of the verse is so practical. So practical. I mean, think about this. Imagine, I don't know how long we're going to be quarantined for. Maybe, you know, I don't, I don't know. I have no idea. I don't know anything. Um, but imagine if you took this back today. And in those relationships at home or on a Zoom meeting, you got into the practice of unmuting yourself, this process. You can steal my idea for tying your shoe, by the way. I, that's, I don't have that copyrighted yet. Imagine what would change. Quick to hear. Imagine in your, in your, in your marriage. If you just took the pot, you don't tell your w w wife, like, you know what? I'm, I'm going to exercise. I'm going to try. Right now, I'm trying to be quick to hear. I just want you to know that. No, it's a secret. You just internalize it. I'm going to practice the discipline of being quick to hear. And then I'm going to, be pra I'm going to practice the discipline of being slow, slow to speak. And I'm going to be slow to anger. Why? 
Why does the Bible say this? For the anger of man does not achieve the righteousness of God. The anger of man does not achieve the righteousness of God. I'll translate it for you. It doesn't do any good. It doesn't do any good to be right. It doesn't do any good to get all bent out of shape over all these different things. What, do, what does the will of God is you begin to take a posture of humility like Jesus did. And you begin to humble yourself and go, what can I learn from this person? Maybe they're not gonna convince me to be a Republican or a Democrat, or whatever, but what can I learn in the process? And if that's my posture, what's there to be angry about? You're just learning. You're just trying to figure out what, what how, how can I... So, so like, for example, um, we, our toilet's broken and um, I, uh, I told Lisa I was going to fix it. I haven't yet. Be, one, because I'm really, really busy. And two, I don't want to. Um, the latter outweighing the former. And so, uh, so, you know, she's just... She's the sweetest person on the planet. And so, so we'll be talking or whatever, and she goes, oh, I, I figured out an, another way that you can actually flush the toilet. That's all she said, right? And immediately I'm like, oh, God. That, that, oh, I'm going to fix it. I'm going to fix it, right? And so, uh, but that's not what she was doing. She was just saying, hey, I figured, I figured it out. So, you know, take your time or whatever. I, 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 I figured it out. But because of what was happening inside of me, because I feel guilty that I haven't fixed it, and I know I, that I've said I was going to fix it, and it's been like three weeks, and the toilet's still not fixed, th this is, I just learned something about myself. I want to end on this one final note as Taylor comes back up. When you're speaking, guess who can't speak? The person across from you, right? If you're speaking, they can't speak. But there's something more important. If you're speaking, the Holy Spirit can't speak. And the Holy Spirit has a lot better things to say than I do. The Holy Spirit might want to teach me something in that moment, but because I'm trying to get my point across, because I'm trying to be right, because I'm, I, I'm feeling disrespected or I'm feeling some other way, I can't listen to God. The anger of man does not achieve the righteousness of God. And maybe, just maybe, what God wants in me is not to have all the right information, but to see me transformed into the image of Christ. So, we're quick to hear. We're slow to speak. We're slow to get angry because the anger of man does not achieve the righteousness of God. This week, I just encourage you to try it out. Take a week and just try it out. Take a week in your Zoom meetings. I'm just going to sit back. I might have the right answer. I might, I'm just going to let it unfold. And I'm going to learn about all the different people in, in that Zoom meeting. Because I want to hear from the Holy Spirit. And maybe at some point, the Holy Spirit says, it's time to give this answer. But I want you to say it in this way. Let me pray for us. Lord Jesus, um, ugh. 
to seek to understand someone we disagree with, to be quiet enough to not have to get our point across, to take the posture of humility is difficult, it's hard, and yet you did it. You were accused of things that you did not do and you kept your mouth shut because you were looking for the righteousness of God not being right. So God, I pray you'd help us. I pray we'd, we'd enter into this week as we end with this final song and the blessing afterwards. Enter this week of, I'm going to seek first to understand. I'm going to be quick to hear because I want to be like Jesus in all of my relationships. We thank you for that in your precious name. Amen. Make sure the topic is like not really serious but if you're like starting to get into it's starting to ramp up a little bit uh re reach down if you've watched this together reach down and untie your shoe and tie it back again and then then they'll be like oh okay you wanted to say something but you're not going to it'll be real fun i'm not a counselor so uh probably shouldn't take that advice but it's just an idea all right so why don't you go ahead and stand for the blessing uh you don't have to if you're in bed and you're like nah but uh, that's what we do here at Living Spring. And so if you're in your living room or kitchen or whatever. Now in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. I pray that you would go in his peace. In his presence. In his love and in his joy. And in his strength. In Jesus name. Amen. Have a great week and we will see you next week.